On today's News in Depth, we preview Portland Youth Philharmonic's upcoming Russian Winter Concert with guests David Hatner, PYP's musical director, and Michael Gu, winner of the Portland Piano International 2021 Piano Concerto Competition. David programmed the concert over a year ago with works by Russian composers Sergei Prokofiev and Peter Ilyich Tchaikovsky, along with an opening piece from American composer William Grant Still. The Russian invasion of Ukraine cast the concert theme in a different light than David intended, but the music itself transcends politics and national borders. We'll talk about the concert in view of recent events, the program and why David chose these works, and Michael's attraction to and mastery, Prokofiev's Piano Concerto No. 1. It's great music that can move us and offer a little comfort in troubled times. David Hatner and Michael Gu, thanks very much for joining us today. Thank you for having us. David, as mentioned in the intro, you programmed the concert over a year ago, coming up with the Russian winter theme. What were the, before we get into the Ukraine situation now, what were the initial reasons behind the decision? Well, really, we're talking about the symphony by Tchaikovsky, as the uh, Prokofiev concerto was chosen by Michael when he applied to our competition. The uh, last three symphonies of Tchaikovsky's, his fourth, fifth, and sixth, are among the most often played works in the symphonic repertoire and they're a part of the repertoire of the better youth orchestras of the world as well they're excellent teaching pieces and they have an extraordinarily satisfying emotional component as well as being formally interesting uh tchaikovsky of course had a lot of self-doubt about his work in the concert hall as opposed to his work in the opera house and the ballet theater where he had great confidence of his ability to um create moods and interesting orchestrations that have delighted audiences, of course, since those pieces were written. And having done the fourth and the sixth, it was time finally to take out Symphony Number no. 5, which happens to be, I believe, the only major work that I've conducted, which has been also conducted by all four of my predecessors, all four previous PYP conductors. So it, it has that as well. It's a very difficult piece for the orchestra. It's very long, uh, over 40 minutes, and it has many particular challenges, uh, not only for the individual players in their parts, but also to take those difficult parts and assemble them together because uh, orchestrationally it's a very challenging work. Um, Tchaikovsky's music, it's part of the international repertoire. It has no political content. It was not written to service any national agenda, although some people consider Tchaikovsky to be a nationalist composer that has more to do with the the source of his inspiration, which is Russian folk music, than anything to do with the Tsar at the time or something like that. Tchaikovsky um, suffered a lot from persecution during his lifetime because of his um, homosexuality. And uh, really, I, I see this very beautiful work as a reminder that uh, a place like Russia, which is creating something so horrible and ugly, uh, was once capable of producing something so glorious and uh, life-affirming. So I, I feel, and I, I told the musicians that uh, I believe that those who come to hear this symphony at this time will be listening to it differently than any audience in recent times. And I think it's a good time to put a fresh ear to this familiar work. 
And of course, you couldn't have foreseen the uh, recent Russian invasion of Ukraine, which is still going on. It's captured the attention and concern of most everyone all over the world. But I read this about Tchaikovsky Fifth. Uh, this is from Wikipedia. Uh, and it's like prescient, uh, possibly for its very clear exposition of the idea of ultimate victory through strife. The fifth was very popular during World War II. One of the most notable performances was by the Leningrad Radio Orchestra during the siege of Leningrad. Shostakovich was there too. City leaders had ordered the orchestra to continue its performances to keep the spirits high in the city. On the night of October 20th, 1941, they played Tchaikovsky Symphony No. 5 at the city's Philharmonic Hall. It was broadcast live to London. As the second movement began, bombs started to fall nearby, but the orchestra continued playing until the final note. Man, that, that's just so perfect, Dave, but of course you couldn't have foreseen it. There's a certain prescience there at work. It, it's an amazing coincidence, I suppose. Uh, it's interesting to think back on times uh, where a uh, symphony for orchestra carried such great import in the early days of media which radio was at the time in, in the united states the uh, radio premiere of shostakovich's seventh symphony which was written to describe the siege of leningrad was uh, a much sought after opportunity that the greatest conductors of the era fought for the right to do, ultimately going to Arturo Toscanini, who was the king of all of them. And people sat in their homes and listened to that 70-minute symphony from beginning to end as, as uh, notes they'd never heard before. It's hard to imagine uh, doing that before an audience today saying, we're going to play a brand new 70-minute piece that you don't know anything about, and everyone's going to come. But yes, music has uh, provided comfort, and um, there's something about Tchaikovsky's emotional core that uh, speaks to the human condition and that that has not changed due to the last week. Michael, I'd like to get to you about the Prokofiev pick. As David mentioned, this was a piece that you selected to play in that uh, piano competition, which you won. And that was uh, last January, January, 2021. Uh, why did you pick the Prokofiev piano concerto number one? Yeah, so um, when me and my uh, piano professor, Dr. Rochelle McCabe were choosing a repertoire for the year. We were considering a wide variety of concertos. Of course, you have the really well-known Chopin concertos, Beethoven concertos, Rachmaninoff. And we ended up picking the Prokofiev piano concerto because it was a really kind of unconventional piece. Prokofiev at the time in 1912 was at the St. Petersburg Conservatory and he wrote this for a conservatory competition uh, nearing his graduation. And it really kind of broke the standards of music at the time. You're in a period where the Romantic era is coming to a close and his interpretation of harmony, melody, and rhythm is really kind of shocked everyone. Um, on Saturday for the performance, you'll notice there's a lot of bizarre and intricate harmonious shifts throughout the piece. And also the percussion is extremely interesting. Uh, Prokofiev even somewhat cited that the piano was used more as a percussive instrument itself. And it is really evident through the playing. And I think as a listener going into the concert, especially in light of recent events, we can kind of view the piece as a majestic work that brings together people that unifies groups, especially in a time, although it was written in Russia that 
that music can transcend transcend the boundaries of war and you know bring people together so the piece overall is just super powerful and and it really ca- called out to me and so yeah it was it was a really great experience learning the piece and again another perfect co- coincidence uh, st petersburg of course was uh, renamed uh, leningrad under stalin yes. and that's where the siege was and then it's back to st petersburg again after the uh, fall of the soviet union maybe a little bit before that now the piano concerto competition that you won is a biennial event so it took place january 2021 the next one uh, next year i guess Uh, what was it like preparing for the competition and performing for the judges and uh i i don't know if you're 17 now but you were 16 at the time Mm -hmm. uh that's a lot of pressure yeah uh it was it's definitely a new experience, especially um, with the Portland uh, Youth Philharmonic competition being one of the biggest concerto competitions in Oregon and throughout the Northwest. And for me, particularly, is uh, there's a lot of pressure, especially during the pandemic. You know, you have to learn the pieces, and then um, we actually were not able to perform in front of a live audience, but we were able to go into a studio and record. And it was such an interesting experience. You know, with a lot of, you know, venues being closed for the past couple of years, for me personally, I've not had like many in-person experiences during that time. And, you know, being able to go back and sit down at a piano bench and, you know, perform for a, a bunch of other people was a really magical experience. So, yeah, and the learning process was probably close to a year and it just took a lot of meticulous practice and, and training and you know it was it was uh yeah it was a it was a very interesting period of time to say the least uh, now as, as part of uh being uh the winner of the competition one of the prizes first prize was performing with pyp and performing the piece that you selected the prokofiev you also got a scholarship toward future study what are your plans do you uh, plan to pursue a career as a musician yeah so um looking in to higher education, I'm probably going to pursue a double major in computer science and piano performance. And there are two very different fields, but I think that there are also a lot of things that can be said about the relationship between science and music and how they work together. For me personally, music is one of those lifetime passions that you know you, you just can't really ever drop. It's uh-huh. something that sticks with you and um, for me personally, moving forward is it is not something I'm willing to let go. So definitely pursuing some form of music education is definitely down the road. So I'd like to ask your feelings uh, about performing the piece. Of course, you couldn't have known anything about this current situation in Ukraine when you selected it and did all that practice and started preparing. Uh, the orchestra started uh, rehearsing, actually, uh, I think last January, January 2021 for this performance. How do you view playing the piece now in light of the situation in the Ukraine and maybe what you hope the audience takes away from the music, mm-hmm. from the performance? I think the way that I view it now is has a deeper connotation than what it did before. For me particularly, I think kind of imbuing a sense of, of togetherness and kind of patriotism for Ukraine and obviously, you know, War is such a terrible thing, and and the invasion of Ukraine has has been a trying time for many people, and it's really devastating to see, especially as a student who is going uh, about to become an adult and kind of going to the real world. It's 
kind of a shocking shift in what we've seen. I guess performing the piece has changed a lot for me, particularly, I think going into the concert, as I mentioned before, you really want to kind of think of the piece as a performance for Ukraine and to kind of unite the people. Um, and it's not just in Ukraine, it's also across the world. It's people in the United States, people in Europe, and it's all kind of coming together and bringing the sense of unitedness that transcends the bounds of politics. And, you know, that's why music is such a really, is such a powerful tool. David, I want to ask uh, about the opening piece uh, in the concert. This is a non-Russian composer, William Grant Still, and you actually introduced me uh, to him and probably several other uh, PYP fans and listeners in a previous concert, I think about three years ago or so. He was often referred to as the Dean of African-American Composers, but I read he would respond, why then isn't Aaron Copeland called the Dean of White American Composers, <laughs> which I, just makes you like the guy even more. But why did you pick uh, his uh, work, uh, Threnody in Memory of John Sibelius, uh, which he composed in 1965 to open this program of Russian Winter? It's a good question. I have been fascinated by his music since I played it as a student and, and later again, some more music of his as a professional. And my colleague, uh, Ken Selden over at Portland State, the conductor of the orchestras there, and I have been sort of going back and forth, going through the catalog and looking at different works of his. Uh, I played a few on, on the clarinet, on the radio, and looking at some of the ones that we've never heard and for which there are no recordings. And this is one of his last works. It turns out that Sibelius, the great composer during his lifetime, had seen some of uh, Grant Still's music and praised it, and he was very grateful to him for that. And that must be why when he received this commission, which was from the University of Miami, actually, and he chose this subject for this brief, uh, but very moving and beautiful work. I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed learning it, and uh, the orchestra has, has really enjoyed playing it, and uh, I think it's a wonderful opener. And uh, his music is just a direct simplicity. Uh, his har harmonies are uh, warm and interesting, and his counterpoint is also uh, well worked out. And he takes very simple materials and presents them in a way that it's easy to understand. So I, I think that um, we'll be hearing more works of his uh, on PYP concerts in the future. And um, I know that during his lifetime, he's just suffered a lot from neglect by the musical establishment. Uh, in general, there was a, a movement not against his music, not just because of his race, but because of his uh, simplicity of expression at a time when complexity was more important than beauty. Uh, in composition during much of the 20th century. And and because he was writing music that uh, tonally could be easily understood by any listener, some people felt that if they presented it, they would be uh, pandering to the simple tastes of the audience. And, and he wasn't the only <laughs> composer to suffer for that, but uh, it was particularly egregious in his case because his music is really so beautiful. And um, it's sad that he passed away without seeing his works uh, warmly embraced in general. Now, the last time we talked was for the opening concert. And of course, the uh, uh, COVID guidelines were in effect then, masks were required. They're going to be lifted a week after the concert, at least statewide in Oregon. So what are the guidelines and the requirements for the show on Saturday? 
I'm glad you asked. Uh, the audience will be masked and everyone will be required to present uh, their ID card and a vaccine card or a recent negative COVID test. So that uh, will, will be required for entry. And of course that does tend to slow things down at the door. So it's best to show up a little bit early uh, to come in and, and find your seat. So those are, those are our requirements. And we should mention for those of you who uh, don't feel comfortable attending or are not in the Portland vicinity, you're going to continue with the live stream uh, availability of the concerts too. That's right. You can purchase tickets either for in-person or for live streaming at our website, which uh, is portlandyouthphil.org. And yes, we're, our live stream team, which uh, began with us in the fall, has done a brilliant job. The quality is very high because the um, Oregon Symphony has had uh, very good equipment installed into the hall and rod evanson our sound engineer uh, does just a remarkable job getting an excellent sound in that in that concert hall well david and michael again many thanks for joining us today and may the concert bring some calm peace and healing to us all thank you ken enjoy the concert thank you we've been talking with david hatner musical director of the portland youth philharmonic and michael goo winner of the Portland Piano International 2021 Piano Concerto Competition. David will be conducting PYP's Russian Winter Concert with Michael as soloist on Prokofiev's Piano Concerto No. 1 this Saturday, March 5th, at the Arlene Schnitzer Concert Hall in Portland. The performance starts at 7.30 p.m. and will also be offered as a live stream. You can find out more online and purchase tickets at Portland Youth Phil phil.org. This is Ken Jones for Cable's News In Depth.